In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who gives us the prerequisites that we need, the credentials that we need. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, my name is Jay Winters. I was baptized on the 23rd day of April, 1978. From there, I was raised in the house of a Lutheran missionary and a Lutheran preschool teacher overseas in the mission field. While I was there, I was sent to a Lutheran school in the mission field that uh, was basically a mission plant for the area around where I lived. I grew up in that environment until I was in seventh grade, and then we moved to St. Louis. And when we moved to St. Louis, I went to yet another Lutheran school. And while I was at that Lutheran school, I went through confirmation classes. And these were the hard confirmation classes where you actually had to memorize things like I'm doing to Joel. And I went through confirmation classes and I memorized these Lutheran things. And at the end of that experience, I then was dragged up in front of a congregation and I was made to answer certain questions that I should have had memorized by that point. From that point, I was confirmed as a Lutheran. I then went to a Lutheran high school where I continued my sort of Lutheran thing being in Lutheran youth group and continuing on into a Lutheran school of higher education, Concordia University in Seward, Nebraska, where I went in as a pre-seminary student. There was a little bit of wishy-washiness in me, but eventually I came out of there and went into a Lutheran seminary. From that Lutheran seminary, I then graduated, became a Lutheran pastor. I am now currently a Lutheran pastor, and I have several other very impressive Lutheran credentials. I, compared to some of you, may seem like I've grown up in a little bit of a Lutheran bubble. But those are my credentials. That's who I am. That's my background. That's really what I am when I look at what makes me a Lutheran. What makes me a part of this sort of strange tribe that we call a denomination? It's who I am. It's also what I believe. It is truly what I believe. I wouldn't be standing up here in these robes with this stuff on if I didn't believe that this stuff was true. But I also have credentials that back up that I know what I was getting into when I said that I know what I believe and that this is it. I had plenty of opportunity to see 
the backside of Lutheranism while I was growing up. I had plenty of opportunity to see its inner workings and say, I don't really like that. But I didn't. And I'm here. In some ways, that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about in our epistle reading today. He's saying, I have all of these credentials that back me up. If you look into that epistle reading, you see that the Apostle Paul rattles off this list of credentials much like I did about my Lutheran background. He rattles off this list of Jewish credentials where he says, I am truly a Jew. In fact, more than that, I have better credentials than what most of my peers have. He begins with something that pretty much all of them have. He was circumcised on the eighth day according to the law. That law came down from Abraham when God told Abraham all of the people of your lineage will be circumcised. All of the males will be circumcised on not the sixth day, not the seventh day, not the ninth day, but on the eighth day. And that's what Paul is saying here. I, was, I went through that. I went through that on the correct day. But he goes even beyond that then. He says, not only am I a Jew because of that, but I am also of this line of Benjamin. I'm from this tribe. I know what tribe I'm from, which a lot of the Jews during that time did not know whose tribe they were a part of. But Paul knew He said, I am from the tribe of Benjamin. In fact, he wasn't just from a tribe, but he was from a rock star tribe. He was from a tribe that actually meant something, from a tribe that was famous throughout Israel. This was a tribe that was begun with Benjamin. The son, the last son of Jacob, the son of Jacob whom Jacob pledged himself as a slave in order to save. The son who then later on had sons and sons and then one of his great-great-grandsons became the first king of Israel, Saul. No doubt the person that little Saul, before he became Paul, was named after. So he was circumcised on the eighth day. He's from the tribe of Benjamin, and he's a Hebrew of Hebrews. That one's a little bit confusing in our reading today, because it doesn't seem that to really make sense. Well, how do you become a Hebrew of Hebrews? What that meant is that he actually spoke Hebrew, that he spoke the language of Judaism. During the time that Paul lived, it was very common for people who were Jews not to know the tongue in which all of their worship services were conducted and in which their Bible was written. They might have memorized their way through it. Maybe like some of you have memorized, memorized your way through the Lutheran liturgy. But they didn't really understand what was happening, what was going on there. And so Paul is saying, I am a Hebrew of Hebrews. I was circumcised, I'm from the tribe of Benjamin, I know how to talk the talk as well 
as walk the walk. Because you see, not only was he this Hebrew of Hebrews, but he was also a Pharisee. The Pharisees, even though they get a really bad rap in the New Testament, and for good reason, they were a very exclusive club. There were only a thousand men who were chosen to be a part of this exclusive club. And your membership depended on how well you followed the law. It depended on how well you were able to understand the Torah and then to keep it. These people went through their lives with this obsession of keeping every law that they knew of. There were 316 defined laws within Judaism. And Paul, before he became Saul and uh, before he became Paul, got up every morning thinking through every one of these 316 laws and thinking, I have to keep every one of these. But that wasn't just it. He also had some other credentials. He had this credential of having this zeal for God. It was certainly a misplaced zeal, but a zeal nonetheless, a zeal that didn't lead him just to do the things that we would normally do, but this zeal, this fervor that actually led him on this spiritual jihad against this new cult called the Christians. And that is his list of credentials. That's the list of the stuff that he perhaps could lean on if he were talking to some of his Jewish brothers and sisters and trying to impress them or trying to tell them who he was. But that's not who Paul is when he's writing this letter to the Philippians. When Paul is writing this letter to the Philippians, he's already understood that these are not the things that really define who he is. In fact, he even goes as far as saying that they are rubbish. Now, of course, rubbish is kind of a, well, it's a nice PC term for what Paul actually says there. What Paul actually uses there is the Greek word skubala. Skubala is a very, um, not quite so politically correct word. Skubala basically means waste. Not the kind of waste that you throw in a trash can, but the kind of waste that you probably flushed this morning. That's what Paul is talking about. He says all of that stuff, all of that stuff is just skubala. All of that stuff is so far beyond worthless that I'm using this word. And yet there's things within our lives that perhaps we maybe should consider skubala. There's things in our lives that perhaps have taken over a little bit of what our identity really is. 
Because Paul is saying here that his identity is no longer wrapped up in that he's from the tribe of Benjamin or that he knows Hebrew or whatever. He's saying my identity is wrapped up in the fact that Jesus loved me enough that he came and he died on a cross and he saved me from my sins and now my righteousness is absolutely skubala but his righteousness is the thing that matters. His righteousness is the thing that is within me. His righteousness is the thing that makes me holy. That's what Paul is saying in this reading. And that is something good for us to hear, especially during a season called Lent. Because during this season called Lent, we are rightfully called to turn away from our sins, to repent. And oftentimes when we're thinking about what we need to push away from us during this Lenten season, we think about those knee-jerk reaction sins that we know live inside of us. We think about those times that we willingly allow ourselves to be put in tempting places. We think about those times where we willingly allow ourselves to break one of the Ten Commandments, if not five of the Ten Commandments all at once. We rightfully think about those things, but the thing that oftentimes we forget to push away from us, oftentimes the things that we forget to flush, is the scubala of our own self-righteousness. The scubala that tells us that we are somehow better than what we really are. The scubala that gets in the place of seeing Jesus as our righteousness. And it usually comes in about three different ways. It comes in terms of our background, it comes in terms of our fellowship, and it comes in terms of our achievement. All of those things are normally pretty good things. But they can get in the way of seeing what God is and who God is in our lives. We can look at our backgrounds and we can make them into gods. I just rattled through a bunch of my background at the beginning of this sermon. It could be very easy for me to turn that background, that Lutheran heritage that I have into the way that I'm saved. I'm not saved because I'm a Lutheran and neither are you. And for those of you that are joining University Lutheran this morning, you're not saved because you're going to be a part of University Lutheran. You're saved because of Jesus. That background can get in the way though sometimes. Of course, our fellowships can also get in the way of knowing truly who Jesus is. Our fellowships, the people that are around us, the people that we consider to be our peers, the people that we know, they can easily begin to dictate it to us exactly who we are. They can easily begin to tell us that we are 
good enough because we're allowed to talk to them or allowed to be in their club or allowed to be invited out with them on a Friday or a Saturday night. And while those fellowships can be a very, very good thing in our lives and they can give us all of the joy of friendship, sometimes we can let them have too much control over our lives. And they can begin to turn us into monsters. And into people who assume that we're better than the other sinner who's just across the room. Or the other sinner who's in a different station of life. And then there's our achievements. Yet again, another good thing. But something often that we need to flush, that we need to push away from ourselves. Another little bit of scubala that in this culture, in this American culture, we put so much emphasis on. The things that we have been able to do, the things that we have been able to achieve, the awards that we've won, the jobs that we've had, the promotions that we've gotten, the grades that we have received... They can all become these false senses of righteousness. They can tell us that we're better than what we really are. And what Paul is saying in this epistle lesson is all of those things, if you recognize that they are scubala in your life, that they're getting in the way, that you don't see them as gifts of God anymore, but you see them as things that you've earned or things that are the world to you, then you should flush them and get rid of them. And sometimes it's, it's easy for us to say, well, I want to get rid of the sin in my life, and it's a little bit harder to say, I want to get rid of those false gods in my life. Those things that tell me that I'm better than what I really am. And so as you're thinking about this, you've probably decided on one thing that might be some sort of righteousness that might be a little bit false. That might need to be flushed. That might need to be crucified. Because when it comes down to it, no matter how righteous it seems sometimes, if it gets in the way between you and God, and you seeing yourself as a baptized child of God who receives God's grace without meriting any of it, then it needs to be crucified. It's a sin. But that's where the beauty of Paul's epistle comes in he says this is no longer my righteousness that I rely upon I rely on who Jesus is in my life Jesus gives me the background of my life the background of my life goes from being this person who has this long history of Lutheranism to being simply a baptized child of God. Nothing more, nothing less, but a baptized child of God. My fellowship 
no longer becomes the people that consider me to be their peers. My fellowship no longer becomes just pastors, or just Lutherans, or just people from University Lutheran, or just people that I consider to be good enough to hang out with me. But my fellowship becomes every sinner in the world who knows that Jesus Christ is their Savior. No more, no less. And my achievements, my achievements become these things that I'm working on that I know that I will never complete. This righteousness that God has put inside of me, this thing that He has done to move His Holy Spirit in me to do good works that I know that I will mess up time and time again but that He will make complete on the day when He returns and that's no scubala (laughs) Amen Amen. Please rise